0: last week we got to hear uh, about the authority of Jesus. I'm one who teaches with something new, uh, a new authority power. Uh, But that word authority seems to carry quite the baggage. When we think of authority, we think of um, leverage, advantage, force. We can think of, uh, in recent news, uh, a Russian president poisoning his own opponent, or uh, a military general Creating a coup in his country. This image of authority, this is how we think of this. But Jesus offers us something different, something new when it comes to authority, to power. We know this is something new because when Jesus speaks to Pilate, he says, You would have no power if it were not given to you from where? From above. So, where does authority come from? Above. And we know this deep down, even behind all the baggage, because we've heard the story of Genesis, where the God uh, of the universe splits light from darkness, uh, separates the sea from the land, and brings forth uh, plants from the earth and animals to roam the earth. This is the power and authority of God. He is in control. He's the one in charge. But in light of the story of Job, everything about Job's suffering seems to speak otherwise. There's a righteous man who is suffering, who is put into uh, the strife of Satan. And I think it's worth revisiting Job's story so we don't just hear about the drudgery of life that Job experiences. Because he begins, a man with everything and a good one at that. And then something interesting happens. Satan goes to God, and we get to hear this dialogue between uh, the devil and the Lord. And he asks the Lord if he could take away his family and his wealth uh, just to test Job. And he promises the Lord, if I can take these away, then Job would be nothing. You would be nothing without what he has. So sure enough, God gives him power over Job. Job. And sure enough, Job remains faithful. But then Satan goes again to God and says, if you just let me take his health, he will turn away from you. And so Satan goes and takes away his health, leaving Job solely his life. And Job eventually comes to curse his life, to curse the day he was born, preferring that he might be dead or that he would have never been born. And in that losing everything in that grief the book of Job says that he did not sin he came to this point of utter despair and right then when he felt abandoned and unheard when everything around him communicated misery and emptiness right there the Lord chose to speak to Job God answers him saying was it you who separated the light from the darkness? Who moved the land from the sea? Were you there when the animals and the creatures, the plants and the trees were made? With God's answer, Job comes to realize that it is not his place to understand all he undergoes, but rather to trust in him who is in control. So as we heard Jesus speak to Pilate of power, today we hear of Jesus speak to Peter on preaching. Jesus says to him, Let us go elsewhere. After all these miracles, after all this uh, teaching with authority, Jesus tells him, Let us go elsewhere, so that I may preach, for this is why I was sent. And what is it that Jesus preach preaches? Something new. He preaches mercy. He preaches that God has heard our cries, that he knows our pain, that God has so loved the world that he has given his only Son so that we, though sinners, might have life. The gospel of mercy is where authority meets affection. What does this really look like? I had a priest buddy who was telling me about um, his dying grandfather who called him and said I would like to receive anointing of the sick and so this priest grandson comes to his uh, grandfather and his grandfather was never one to express his emotions too well a, a CPA at heart so maybe the accountants would understand uh, that and so um, after he anoints his grandfather he looks back at his grandfather's eyes uh, and And he remarked that he had never felt so deeply loved. No one had ever looked at him the way his grandfather looked at him, certainly with the pride uh, of his grandson. But But a man of authority over his household looked upon his grandson, who was under his authority in many ways, who receives from his grandson a gift which cannot be measured. And he looked upon him with an affection which could not be measured. Mercy is where authority and affection meet. I had another buddy this week who's told me that when he was accepted to seminary, he was telling his family some mixed reactions, some very excited, uh, including his grandparents. Uh, His grandfather had had a stroke um, months before, so he couldn't really communicate too well with his words. So when he told his grandfather, he didn't know what to expect. But of course, when his grandfather Heard the news that his grandson was thinking deeply on the priesthood, he didn't have to communicate with words. He opened his arms wide and gave him the hug that only a grandfather could give his grandson. Certainly pride, but a man of authority who communicates also affection, for that is where mercy comes. And we even note that the story of the prodigal son is not about a father who spurns his child, but it's actually about a father awaiting his son to come home. That even in the midst of his sin, even in the midst of his own brokenness and woundedness, the father waits to receive him. This figure of authority waits with an affection. And indeed, this is Jesus' mission. This is what he's come to preach. He's come to seek and save the lost. Now, we've heard how Jesus spoke to Pilate of power, how Jesus spoke to Peter of preaching, but what does Jesus speak to us today? I propose that in today's gospel, he speaks to us of a desire for closeness, a place of intimacy between he and us. Because when we hear of Peter's mother in law laying sick with a fever, Jesus doesn't keep that six feet of distance. In fact, He comes close to her, approaching her, grasping her hand and helping her up. He seeks after that closeness. He desires to come close, not when we feel the strongest, but in fact, when we are weakest. In our illness and disability, in our oppression, our sin, and even in our death, there he chooses to show his power, When I am weak and broken, there he heals and binds up. He frees and forgives, there when I am weakest. For it is in Jesus where authority meets affection, where mercy finds its home. This is good news in a world full of faithless jobs who know that their days are dreariness, who only know misery and emptiness, who would prefer often to be dead or, in some cases, would prefer that some never be born. This is good news, the gospel of mercy, where authority meets affection. And finally, how is it that this God... So mighty and powerful, has chosen to seek and save the lost by becoming weak and vulnerable himself. A vulnerability which is no more obvious than at this altar, a vulner- vulnerability which stretches forth onto a cross and onto this altar and to this sacrament, so that the God who made the stars and the sea might come close to both you and to me.